Welcome to Just Jive Pod, a podcast where we share a drink, talk about life, and just jive. My name is Jerome. And I'm Jesse, and welcome back for another session. Um, as you can see, we're continuing in our series for Cancer Awareness Month. Um, but as usual, we want to start off with our drink, and we do have a guest, so um, why don't you uh, go ahead and introduce yourself and share with us what you're drinking this week uh, on the session. Hey guys, my name is Victor, and I'm drinking some Johnny Walker Red Label. Nice. Nice, oh, nice. That's a good choice. Jerome, what are you drinking this week? Yeah, I'm drinking something uh, from a Tavor shipment. Uh, it's been a while now, but uh, it's uh, from Black Project Spontaneous and Wild Ales out in uh, Denver, Colorado. Uh, they definitely have a lot of good uh, sours. This is specifically the Archer, which is, I believe it's 4.5% ABV. It's a sour ale with peach, cinnamon, and vanilla. Um, so it's actually been sitting in my fridge for a, a little while now. So mm. I feel like a lot of that flavor is just masked by the like overwhelming, like brewing sourness. Mm. So I can't really taste anything other than my, like the tardiness of mm -hmm. my tongue just kind of hurting, but, um, it's good. Uh, they have a lot of good stuff. So, um, yeah. How about you, Jesse? For sure. Yeah. Sours do need some time to warm up. So maybe your, yeah. your palate just got shocked really quick. Maybe. And maybe yeah. it'll get more delicious as you go. Um, yeah. For me, I am drinking um, a Golden Road Fruit Cart Hard Seltzer. Um, I believe nice. they actually just came out with um, the, the series recently. So you can find it on a lot of shelves. Um, I'm drinking the watermelon one. It's 4% ABV. It's only 105 calories. Um, and I've been into seltzers a lot the last couple of weeks um, just because they're refreshing beverages and you know they're light um alcohol content and they're just tasty um so it's nice to unwind after work yeah. and back to you victor um do you do you like drinking like whiskey straight on the rocks um or like otherwise yeah um i like having it on the rocks or also in some cocktails like an old-fashioned mm. recently mm. started liking whiskey like a couple of years ago um a friend of mine for his wedding, uh, he served a Johnny Walker a Blue Label. Uh, the first time I tried okay. that, and that's, I think that's like the, the fanciest one, like the most high-end one of them all. It's um, like a couple mm -hmm. of colors of them, but that one's the the best one, and it, and it tasted great, and it just like opened my my eyes to whiskey, and, and then since then I just started trying other cocktails and types of whiskey. Right. Nice. I feel like I feel like everyone has to have that one point where they're like, especially with like beers and 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 al and like hards yeah. of like, this is like what good quality stuff is, and it's like okay, this is a new world. Like, we're yeah, not just drinking yeah. like the buds and blue moons, or we're not just drinking the like Joe and Jameson and <laughs> and Jack Daniels and Crowns again. Not to not to crap on any of those because they're still good drinks, but. Like there is a difference when you get into the higher quality right. stuff of like just being more complex. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. So um, you know, maybe we'll be featuring some more new stuff um in weeks to come. But um yeah, Victor, um, you know, thanks for coming on. Uh Victor yeah. is my coworker and friend. Uh, we've known each other for pretty long time now um, we were co-workers at our old job and our current job uh, mm. so <laughs> many lifetimes at this point but uh, I guess Victor do you want to just maybe uh, introduce yourself a little bit more um, kind of what I guess what you do but you can infer it's what I do <laughs> but um, yeah just kind of where you are <laughs> right now and uh, yeah just some further introduction 
Yeah, uh, I've been working with Jerome, I think four out of six years probably. Yeah. <laughs> we met like about six years ago and worked like two or three years at the first place. And now here it's been like a year and a half. Mm. And um, I, I've been living in uh, Costa Mesa, um, been watching the, the, the NBA playoffs, really glad yes. that they managed to get that back yes. uh, in the bubble. In the, during the pandemic, and mm-hmm. it's been really entertaining to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, otherwise, just been trying to bear with bear with being locked down and not being able to do or go to too many places anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I guess speaking of like being locked down, uh, it's been what like six, seven months now, which is pretty mm-hmm. crazy. Um, yeah, I know we we've been working from home for pretty much all of that, and. Uh, you know, some people deal with it well, there's not so well, but uh, I guess overall for the quarantine and pandemic, how has that been for you? Um, it's It's been definitely a challenge. Um, the, the, I think the hardest part was when the gym closed, because mm. there's, there's a gym right down the street from where I live, like walking distance. It, it's like a 10, like a 30 second walk. Wow. Oh, so wow. it's super convenient. And then they closed that pretty much right when the lockdown happened, it briefly reopened for like three weeks in, mm. I want to say May or June, mm-hmm. and then it closed down again. But now it's, now, now it's back open. And uh, it's it, it's been nice to go back. Uh, I've also been trying to just make an effort to go outside. Mm. I find that when I get stuck indoors so much, it, it becomes almost like psychological. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where you just, I don't even want to go outside anymore. Like yeah. I, I, I get up in the morning, I'll eat and, and shower, and then I just walk to my desk, mm-hmm. and then I'm there for eight hours. And, and then I just, if I if I don't even get groceries, then I'm like, I just I don't go outside. Right. <laughs> it's funny because at uh, back at our old job and new job, there's kind of a meme for Victor that he's essentially a Jack Nicholson from The Shining. <laughs> and all work and no play makes, <laughs> makes you go crazy. So mm-hmm. I, I definitely feel on that. Yeah, for sure. I've been trying to like figure out where to go to, um, to hike, mm. just new places to hike to relieve that. And then it, it, it really also sucks now because of the wildfires that are happening. Mm-hmm. I've heard that a lot of hiking places in the, the Cleveland National Forest which is like that big hiking park area, like just east of, um, it's pretty much right between Orange County and, and mm-hmm. that Corona Inland Empire area. Um, a lot of, a lot of the hike trails there have been shut down because of fire conditions oh, oh, man. or smoke. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Um, how about you, Jesse? Any, uh, updates for you this past week for, uh, just the quarantine life and work and everything? Um, honestly, this past week, nothing really major. Um, probably the most significant thing that I did was I got my hair cut yesterday. <laughs> so, um, I mean, it's been several months since I last got my hair cut. So it's, it is refreshing and, um, and yeah, it's, it's kind of, it does, it does feel like a lease on new life, you know, <laughs> like, um, like, all right, like I'm, I feel like a little bit of a new person. Um, but yeah, this past week was, was about the same. Um, thankfully it was a little less stressful than the week before. I think I, I felt pretty exhausted, um, care, caring from last week, mm-hmm. but I like, 
we got through it and the week was okay. Um, but yeah, I, I got my haircut and that was like honestly a big highlight of the week. Um, yeah. Where did you go to get your haircut at? Oh yeah. Um, I, I've been going to the same hairstylist for the last 10 years. Um, oh man. So, oh, wow. yeah. Um, so she, like she's located down in Fullerton. Um, uh, originally her, the salon that um, she was at was actually right, like right next to my apartment complex. But, um, Later on, um, they actually moved into like more like downtown, like Fullerton area, um, and then obviously, like I'm I'm not living in that area right now. I'm in Arcadia, so it's usually a trek for me to go out there. So I kind of like make a trip out of it usually, um, or at least before COVID, I would like you know maybe go grab lunch with someone um, who's like local in that area. Um, but right now, it's just oh, go get my haircut and come back. Right. Um, yeah, Jerome. What about you? Um, pretty, uh, non-eventful week for the most part. Had a few, uh, got a few chances this past weekend though to, uh, you know, have some people over watching the game, um, mm. for Lakers. It was game five, unfortunately they lost, but we're recording this on Sunday and, um, you know, hopefully the Lakers pull it out, um, or else I'm going to be, I think we're all going to be kind of panicked a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But um, Friday's game was was a really good game, though. Even though they lost, it was it was still a big game. Yeah, fourth game at the end. Yeah, that was like a crazy ending. Um, and unfortunately, the bad side of crazy was on the Lakers. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, also like um, was able to uh, see a few friends uh, this past weekend. Other than that, so um, yeah, really not too much. It went by pretty quickly. Um, but. I think the running theme is that it's starting to have little steps towards like being normal, um, you know, seeing people and, and enjoying that time a bit. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, uh, listeners, I'm sure you guys again can see the title that, uh, we're continuing on, on cancer awareness month. And, uh, we actually have Victor today because he's, um, gone through some pretty, pretty recent, um, uh, experiences with uh his mom uh getting diagnosed with cancer as well as uh recovering thankfully uh mm-hmm. pretty recently as well um and and as you know as friends and coworkers, i think we we were just kind of talking through it um and you know whenever we got a chance you know hearing those updates along the way was like oh man that's awesome like another mm-hmm. win another win and um you know when we got the news that it was uh you know uh, you know the recovery was happening mm-hmm. um, i think it was just really awesome so definitely wanted to get you on just to kind of hear your story man um your experiences with like supporting your mom and you know maybe even how how it was for you um so i guess yeah just to kind of start us off like when when did your mom get diagnosed and um for you like how was that initial experience um as as the son i guess yeah so that uh the it all began in 2019 in, in January, mm. uh, end of January. So uh, I was, when I first heard about it from her, I was just at home. It was like, it was a Friday night. I was just relaxing at home watching TV. Mm. And she calls me like about 9 p.m. or so. And uh, normally she doesn't call me on a, on a Friday evening. So I, I figured like either she really needed something or... Maybe she wanted me to like ask if I'd come visit her the next day because mm-hmm. I usually she lives in LA, I'm in Costa Mesa, mm-hmm. so I would visit her probably once a month on on a weekend. Mm-hmm. 
So she calls me and she sounds she sounds very like weak and concerned and mm-hmm. um, and in pain. And she says that she, she basically asked me to come to come uh, up to her place right now to help her uh, order an ambulance and take her to the emergency room. Oh man! Wow. And I asked, like, what's wrong? Like, are you? What, what's going on? And, and she says, I have like incredible pain in my abdomen, stomach area. And I just, I just, first I thought it was maybe food poisoning or um, an ulcer, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Nothing too crazy. But then she tells me, at first she was a little, I think, too scared to tell me what it really was. And eventually, in, the, in that conversation, she said that she had gone to a, a doctor's appointment on Wednesday of that week earlier. And they took an ultrasound, I think it was. And it showed that there was like a a mass found like in her in her abdomen area mm. that was like about the size of a brick. Wow. It was oh man. Like three inches wide, two or three inches tall and like five or six inches long. Yeah, it was about the size of like a single brick. Wow. And so they like immediately advised her to just see an oncology doctor. Mm-hmm. So that was on Wednesday. Um, and at that point she had been experiencing a lot of pain. A lot of abdominal pain. Um, so, so I drive up there, um, and then I asked her. At that point, I was. I mean, she she verbally told me what was going on, and it really hit me hard. Like I just I didn't think it was really possible. I thought maybe they just they were wrong about what they told her. <laughs> so then when I when I arrived, I asked her if she has paperwork from her Wednesday visit, and I looked at it, and and sure enough, like there were the notes that said, that's what they found. Wow. And, um, so the, the ambulance did arrive and they helped my mom sit up and then we actually didn't end up going to, to a hospital. We, we just, they just gave us, um, they just sat around for maybe like 20 minutes or so and then they left. Hmm. And then my mom, uh, wanted me to like just stay with her for a bit and then go with her to an oncology appointment. Mm-hmm. So we, we did that, and they, they, they did some more tests on her, uh, did some like preliminary stuff, and and sure enough, yeah, the, the, they they diagnosed it as a, as a tumor, mm-hmm. and and that has to be removed. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we we could get to that point, uh, we had to like see a specific doctor and get everything scheduled, and that's when all the all the chaos started. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> of like getting that done mm. or going through all that. So uh, we were trying to make an appointment with, with, with the doctor to actually do that. And there were just so many things that were like really difficult to keep organized. And you always had to be on top of like everything. Mm. Like when we went to see the doctor and they described like what needs to be done first before we can do the surgery to remove it. Mm-hmm. And they went through a whole bunch of steps. Like, like we're already familiar with it. Like they just, she just zoomed through it <laughs> and just covered a whole bunch of procedural related things for like a colonoscopy and all these other mm-hmm. procedures to check. And like, if you're in good health, mm-hmm. like they have to really dig in and see if my mom is even healthy enough or stable enough to go through a surgery like that. Mm-hmm. So, they're just going through all this stuff, and then they present like this list of things to you, like here's what we're gonna do. This right. is what we talked about, and 
it's funny, like it reminded me of like change management tickets at work. I guess <laughs> <laughs> like somebody's gonna do a complicated series of code changes and like channel changes and updates. Uh, depending on the scope, you got to really look at it step by step because they actually right. miss some stuff. In the like other doctors, when uh, when we went and did like the the, the prereq checks and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, other doctors found like my mom had like a, a polyp in her intestine mm-hmm. that needed to be removed and mm-hmm. an ulcer as well. So okay. when we came back to the oncology doctor, they just zoomed through it again and and, and spit out this list at us again, and then we're like, wait a second, where's the polyp? And the ulcer, mm-hmm. like you're supposed to remove that too. And then she's like, "Oh, oh, I'm sorry, give me that list back." And then she had to update it. It was like it was that kind of thing the whole the whole time. Wow. Like, every step, like you you had to just like double check what everyone was doing at mm-hmm. all times. Mm-hmm. So we had to do, so the, the prereq checks were done. We, we come back for like the second appointment with the main oncology sir. Uh, doctor that's going to do the surgery mm-hmm. for the removal mm-hmm. and then and then she like signs off and says all this stuff and she's like okay so that's what we're going to do and then and then they're like well and then we said okay so what's next like right. how do we like schedule this to, to actually do it <laughs> and then she said go to go to my office and and uh get with the coordinator that'll, that'll help you out with that and then we go over there and it like took forever to get in there. It, it was hard to yeah. get like a hold of someone's time to actually sit down mm-hmm. and and get scheduled. And then we're there. My mom. Keep in mind, like during this whole time, my mom has been like in a lot of pain. Like, mm-hmm. she, she has a hard time walking. She's uncomfortable sitting. She has a hard time sleeping, mm-hmm. and she's like freaked out because yeah, you know, she's diagnosed with cancer. Which, by the way, it, it ended up being like a diagnosis of of uh, uh, mucinous cancer ovarian mucinous cancer, which mm. I, I, when I first heard that term, I, I just, I Googled it around and looked it up and thankfully it has like a very high uh, recovery percentage. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it's a lot of, a lot of women that get this, they, they just get the tumor removed and it tends to not spread around mm. any other organs. And it's not, mm. it's not an incredibly like dangerous type of, of cancer. My, my aunt actually had the same one too. Mm. So she was a couple of years, a couple of years ago, it happened to her and she got her removed. She was okay. Right. And, um, so then my mom has it now. So thankfully it was just that, okay. It wasn't anything, anything worse. Right. Um, yeah. How long was this whole process of, um, from when she called you to like, to the point where you're, you're talking about right now of getting, getting all those tests done and evaluation and trying to schedule for um, the actual procedure and surgery. How long was this process? So, so that Friday night call happened like the last Friday of January um, in 2019. And then um, we went to a doctor first, I think the following week on, on Monday. Oh, wow. Okay. The oncology. Yeah, we, we managed to get that first appointment quickly somehow. Um, mm. That was the first appointment with the, on- with the oncology doctor. And then she recommended all those prereq steps. Mm-hmm. And, and so we did all those on like Wednesday Thursday of the same week, and that was that was a pretty big scramble to get all that stuff done. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I think Thursday that same week we went back, or maybe it was the the Monday after that. It was when we went back for the second appointment. Mm. So at this point, it was like probably February third or fourth. 
first weekend of February, mm-hmm. where we have the pre-wax done, and at this point we're ready to try to schedule surgery. And then we, and then that's when we go to the coordinators, scheduling coordinator's office, wow. and and they're like sitting there saying, "What is your?" They just ask us all the questions all over again from from start to finish, yeah. um, which is which I guess is good because then she's like aware of exactly what's going on, and then and then she says the first thing she says is we have. Uh, a surgery available to you maybe like end of February. <laughs> wow. And then we're just like shaking our heads like we're, we're going to be just sitting like this for a month? Like, mm-hmm. is, are you serious? Can you get anything sooner? Because this is like not something we want to deal with for a whole month. Right. Yeah, that was like the first, the first date they gave us was a month. And then, and then she said, okay, let me look some more. And then she called some people, looked around. And then she said, I can get you in for surgery I think it was February 13th or 14th. Okay. Mm. Um, so it was like a week and a half after that, or maybe about a week after uh, that day. Right. And so, so uh, we get the surgery scheduled, and then before the surgery, mom had to um, get a colonoscopy. I can't remember if that was the day before or the day of the procedure, but she had to get a colonoscopy to get the polyps and the, and the ulcer, like, mm-hmm. like, taken out and like. Apparently, these are like very benign growths mm-hmm. that you can just scrape out and just remove. They're they're more of a nuisance and discomfort thing, but they're not something mm-hmm. to be serious, seriously be afraid of. But mm-hmm. she still, she just wanted to get it removed. Yeah. And the first great, the other crazy thing that happened was the, so at this point, we're just getting like shoveled in between rooms. We get, we get placed in a room, we wait there for like an hour or so, and then mm-hmm. someone come, comes in and says, hey, they're ready for you in the colonoscopy room. We go in there, the doctor says, okay, we're going to have your mom be put to sleep, we're going to do this, it's going to take about half an hour, an hour. And then, um, I don't really ask too many questions at this point. Um mm-hmm. I don't double check any details, and that's that, that ended up being the problem because <laughs> I uh, I come back later after the procedure's done. My mom's like awake and she's like in huge pain. The guy that does the colonoscopy, he did not know that my mom had a tumor. Oh my god! He just like forcefully did it, and he actually popped her tumor. Oh my god! And, and like a lot of fluid just like spilled out internally, and Jeez. my mom's in pain, and and he, and he comes back and he's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't know." We actually tried to figure out if, if like, there was miscommunication, or mm-hmm. did the oncology doctor not tell him the situation properly, or maybe she did, but he just forgot, or he didn't mm-hmm. read it, or wasn't aware of it, and they they made it very difficult to follow up on that. They were being, mm. I'll say, they were elusive mm-hmm. <laughs> in answering questions and giving details, and. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was just, that, that was just a mess. Yeah, wow. So that happened, and then then it came time for the surgery. The doctor did the surgery, and um, she said, thankfully, that nothing spread when that when that tumor popped. She was able to go in and just remove everything, take the fluids out, take the the remnants of the tumor mm-hmm. out, and she was okay after that. Wow, well, that's good. That's good. She recovered after that. So that was all within a span of like 
a couple weeks then. Like, it yeah, sounds like maybe like three weeks total. Yeah. Did you have to take any, like, did you take time away from work to, like, help your mom with all this stuff, or? Yeah, I probably took off, like, one or two days for, like, those pre-reps and mm -hmm. appointments in the beginning, and then. And then when it was I close think, to surgery? Yeah, the day, I took the day off, the day of the surgery off, and then one day after. Wow. Right. So probably, like, a total of four days, four or five days. Yeah. Were you, were you pretty much, like, um with your mom for most of the, that period, like physically? Um, yeah, yeah, probably for those three weeks. Or I was, I was with her every weekend. Um, mm -hmm. There'd be a couple of weekdays where I'd, I would go back home mm -hmm. if, she, it was, if she was feeling okay enough. Right. Because she'd be at the hospital. And uh, some days I would stay with her a couple of days. I, I, was, I was a little bit back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's I mean the the way you described like the how the doctors kind of presented the options and how they like kind kind of steered you towards a certain path like mm -hmm. did it like initially how trust like were you pretty trusting of the doctors like initially and um like like was it as cuz cuz clearly like that that last thing you shared is like kind of the climax of like the negligence and like all that stuff but what like yeah when did it kind of hit that like oh my gosh like this this really isn't going as smoothly as i thought it would be mm -hmm. probably that that first uh meeting with the oncology doctor mm -hmm. from the very first one with her just the way that that she listed all the things that are happening and what needs to be done right she just did it so fast and just covered very um, like specific procedures that they do that I just wasn't readily familiar, readily familiar right. with. She spoke to me like I'm like I'm a person who has background in all this. Stuff and I know <laughs> right. exactly what she's talking about. Yeah. Wow. And she was just zooming through everything super fast. And honestly, like the whole experience, it almost felt like getting fast food. Like huh. they're just there wow. <laughs> to take your order. There's other people there. They're just trying to hurry hurry you along. Huh. And then they just want to put a burger in, on your plate. And right, right. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that that that's pretty. I mean, that's that's nuts. Um, yeah. So so after um, so so they was it? It's, it's essentially was like two surgeries. One to do the colonoscopy, or that's technically not a surgery. But so they did that. Then they did the actual surgery. Um, what what happened after that? Was there like? Um, other treatments uh like was there was there a chemo involved at all or like what what, what how, how did things go after that mm -hmm. yeah so, so there was chemo after that okay um, so um mom got surgery and then she stayed with me for a couple of weeks in my place okay and then once she was feeling better and stronger she uh she moved back home mm -hmm. um so she, she took time off from work for a few months for that, mm. to recover. And her diet had, had to change. Wow. Mm -hmm. She had to rest a lot. Yeah. And then a couple of months, I think, I want to say May or June, she had to start chemo. And she did that for three months. Mm -hmm. It was a um, once every three week um, 
cycle where on Monday she can go in and get the, the dose mm-hmm. of chemo and on Thursday she'd go back in for like a shot of some kind and, mm-hmm. and some test evaluation. Mm-hmm. And then I would also have to give her an injection at home every like week or so. Oh wow. Wow. So I would visit her probably um, it was one, like one week a month and I would stay there for maybe three or four days. Mm. Gotcha. A couple weekdays or maybe a weekend. Mm. I know chemo and maybe Jesse, you, you probably have way, like, way better background than I did as a, as a nurse, but um, like my, my perception of chemo is oftentimes mm-hmm. that like that treatment in itself kind of causes way more, a lot of damage as well, um, both from like a weakness standpoint and just kind of uh, putting you in a in tough situation physically. But um, I guess, how how was your mom through it? Um, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, three months is a long time. Um, you know, uh, was she physically in a lot of uh, like stress and a lot of pain um, throughout all of it? Yeah, she was. Um, mm. It, like she like felt it in her bones. Her bones would be sore. Oh, man. She couldn't sleep a lot of nights. Um, she lost her hair. Mm. Um, her appetite got changed dramatically, and uh, she just couldn't wait to get it done. Yeah. Um, thankfully, the the cancer blood level test by the end of it was very very low. Mm, nice. It started pretty high, and then it got to a very low reading. So. It, it wasn't effect- it was effective thankfully and, and yeah got rid of it she does have to do follow-ups we recently did one and it was it was still pretty low that's good not, awesome not have any sort of relapse yeah or re- remission and then um did you did she like start to like feel better after like that treatment was done or and how long did it take for her to like i guess start to really recover from that probably about two months after it finished, mm. she got her, her full strength back, I think. She was able to go back to work and work half days. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. And uh, what's crazy is a, lo- a lot of that time, um, her boss at work was also going through it. Oh, wow. Um, about with cancer, too. Wow. That's crazy. Did they actually, like, talk to each other through that journey and process? Yeah, yeah, they're pretty close. They they uh, they text each other, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, they have they have a good working relationship. Yeah. Did you did you like find that like through this process and also even for your mom? Like, I mean, it sounds like your mom had like you to support her like very very practically and um, and your and her boss to also kind of journey alongside. Um, but did you guys actually like? Um, try and find other people who were had either gone through that process before or like um, other people to kind of support you in that journey um, and if so like like how did you go about that no we actually we actually did it not, not too much mm. um, that was the first time that I knew someone personally mm. like am I I mean other than my aunt but my aunt she lives in uh, in Poland mm. So I don't see her firsthand much, but in terms of you know, like my immediate family here, which is my parents, or like my close friends, mm-hmm. or my coworkers, or right. um, people like that that I spend like a lot of time with and hang out with a lot. That was the first time someone in that 
close circle of people had had cancer. Right. right. So um, the, uh, the the I guess the point of reaching out and trying to get information from other people, we didn't really get to that point. Or we didn't really do that. Mm -hmm. Do much of that. We just kind of try to find a doctor and and just hope for the best that that they can take care of everything. Right. Um, but looking back on it, I, I guess it'd be good to ask people who did go through it and which facility um, mm -hmm. is better than others to to, um, to handle that for you. Yeah, and it, it sounds like it was such a kind of just thrown onto you guys, and it, you know, because um, yeah, you know, being able to do the surgery that again, I, I don't know timelines how quick things are. <laughs> But um, it seems like it was pretty rapid, and I mean, I totally understand that. It's like you just yeah. gotta get it done, right? Like at some mm -hmm. point. Um, but um, I mean, I, I think I feel like you described it a lot already. But like you know, you had to take some time off work, but also like visit a lot more. And I mean, more than anything, I think just seeing family, your mo mom like that, it's like yeah, it, it's it's tough on yourself too. Um, so I guess like for you. Um, you know, maybe how was it like, how consuming was it for you? Like, was it, um, I'm sure there were seasons like roller coaster up and down of like how can, how difficult it was, but like, yeah, how was that journey for you? Like just, um, walking besides and, um, supporting your mom through, through everything. Yeah, it was, it was definitely tough. I mean, just, mm. just seeing her in that kind of condition and pain yeah. was, was rough. And I just had to, Try to stay positive. Try to stay strong and right. handle it, everything that comes up, and make it so that she's got some level of, of comfort. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And then on top of all that, there's just like all all the difficult things that were not being done properly with, with the hospital and all the mm. offices that we went to. Yeah. Like we even got, you know, we even got to a point where we're like trying to remind each other to uh, ask them or review the laundry list of things that we need to get done with, with each person that we see, <laughs> because <laughs> otherwise they would just mix it up or not even do it or forget it or mm -hmm. yeah. we're like, come on, all right, what's the list? Rehearse the list. And we're just like <laughs> yeah. practicing what to what to go over yeah, each yeah. time we went somewhere. Um, yeah, because it just it got to that point. Uh, uh, I guess some of the some of the nights I remember I I, I slept over at, at at the hospital, and it was it, it was like tough getting a good night of sleep there, and then coming in having nurses come in that just some some of them just just were like in there and out, just trying to rush through things and mm -hmm. not really paying attention to what they're doing. Yeah. So it was it was a lot to take in. Hmm. Jesse, I'm really curious, like, you know, as, as a healthcare professional, like, mm. you know, you know, I, I've heard a lot of different sides, like, yeah, of yeah. healthcare really, um, just really, I mean, coming through and just being a great experience, but then other experiences where it has been mm -hmm. more difficult, you know, in, in Victor's case, like, for you, like, what, have you had experiences like that where you, you've seen, like, one side or other and just, like, kind of, like, what, what's your opinion on that, like, um, and maybe your your own personal experience at all? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I've definitely seen it, um, but at least, 
but not in my obviously like not in my own practice um but like i think what you're explaining victor what you're explaining about like your journey as far as like going through the like um like the different stages of honestly like the treatment and, and process of cancer like that that doesn't it sadly is like it doesn't surprise me because there's there's a lot that comes with it right um like your turnaround time was honestly like kind of crazy of when like that fir- that initial appointment before your mom called you to like the point of surgery like that's a very fast turnaround and honestly like that's really cool to hear right. but at the same time like it sounds like they that you and your mom were not well like informed about it which is honestly like like hard like sad to hear because like as you mentioned like there's so many parts of the process that that you either had to learn yourself or that you had to like double check and make sure yourself even though like that's Mm, really what the what the responsibility of the healthcare professional is is to walk you through it and to guide you through it but it sounds like your experience was not that case and that's i'm sorry to hear that but yeah um, in my experience um especially in um in the settings i've worked at like we 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 do really try to like explain as thoroughly as possible and and leaving some like as much time for like as as we're you know obviously like you know that balancing that with the idea that there are like other patients to see but still like leaving enough enough time for like like you as the patient and family to at least like walk out with a better understanding you know and um, or at least giving you the tools to do that you know and and that's why i asked about like if you if you like connected with other people to support you through it because that's a huge part of of that too is um is you know if if like us as healthcare people we we tell you like all these things and obviously like especially in the case of cancer there's like seriously like so many different complicated test procedures and, and explanations about all these right. things that you had you as a as a lay person have never heard of and and has never been in your vocabulary and now you're you, you have to go through it like obviously like there's only so much we can explain and that that you'll retain in that time but, but the, the balance of that is we would hope that we give you the enough tools and resources to help supplement that part and to like leave room for questions you know um but yeah i mean I think like there's obviously like some red flags of like you know the the key of of procedures and and especially stuff like this is the idea of informed consent and like you know making because the idea is you're consenting to this procedure or surgery or whatever it is like making an informed decision you know like making sure you're aware of Mm. of what is going on and and things and it it sounds like that was a little bit questionable in your case where again you're you're kind of being like guided on like sheep to follow this certain path um but like you're not really well aware of like all the details of that right yeah yeah it was it was like a it was almost like a situation where i would have needed a, something like a a patient i don't know patient care coordinator assigned mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. <laughs> to uh double check yeah. with okay what the heck am i supposed to do next or what should they be aware of? Uh, just someone next? to walk you through it, like to keep, to walk alongside you and say, Hey, you know, don't forget this or like, make sure you do this. Or like if they, mm-hmm. if you have some general questions that they can answer, like, Oh, like they can help answer those things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Do, does that exist? Um, Jesse, like in, in some hospitals that you know of? I'm like trying to think of, of what that process is like. Um, and I think, at least in the settings that I'm familiar with, usually it's, it's like it's the nurse that um, helps mm. do that. Gotcha. Um, so where the, you know, where the doctor and, and provider comes in is they, they kind of lay out the groundwork for you, right? Like they're the one telling you what, what the plan is and what to do. But usually it's the nurse that comes and answers the questions or like mm. that does the follow up and hopefully like gives you the space and time to like explain some of those things. Um, that's, that's pretty common in both inpatient and outpatient where, even if the provider may not have the like may not be spending that time with the patient and family like usually it's like the nurse to follow up with that mm. um, yeah so they kind gotcha. of fill that role um, gotcha and for you in in your case victor for your mom like was it sounds like this was predominantly done in an outpatient setting right yeah um i remember there, there were a lot of providers to speak with Right. There, there was a doctor there. Um, there were every every time we went to an appointment somewhere, there'd be three or four nurses we'd speak with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the day, the day, uh, the days after the the surgery, my mom stayed in I want to say at least two areas of the hospital when she mm-hmm. reco- while she recovered. Mm-hmm. And in each one of those rooms, we, we would speak with three or four nurses <laughs> there as well. Yeah. I mean, cause they rotate through shifts during yeah. the day. Yeah. Um, but there was also like different nurses for different things too. Yep. Um, so there was just like, there was a whirlwind of just people mm-hmm. in and out. Yeah. And for you and for your mom, like I'm sure that's, that's adds to the haze of the whole like process and, and experience of like, it's, it sounds obviously like, journey through the different stages of it like it's not like you had like one or two like designated people to kind of get you through the entire process right yeah it was, it was just like a big collection of people almost i felt like almost like they were disconnected and mm-hmm. there wasn't enough i guess one person to like keep all that coordinated and make sure that the big picture is addressed and um each each person that helps us along the way right. is aware, of, like, like, but there's a, there's a tumor, what kind of cancer it is, mm-hmm. what's been done already, and what should be avoided or done next. Right. Mm-hmm. All this is so interesting because like Victor and I, we work in healthcare software, and it's like, I'm sure for you, Victor, it's like kind of going through the hospital setting and and into like the different uh, clinics. I'm sure it's like <laughs> you're almost like translating to like i wonder what's happening behind the scenes and the technical side of things <laughs> like mm-hmm. and i think ultimately like the goal of our work is like to make that share of data as seamless and like straightforward as possible and in a way i feel like i don't know victor if you, you had that thought of like man th- this like what you experience is like a, a massive breakdown of that right mm. <laughs> yeah you know when it comes to the the work that we do, um, when there, there are these cases where data is not coming through, or, or there's an outage of some kind, mm, yeah, um, like at that point, all I would think about is just trying to get it working again. Yeah. And then once it does, I, I just I just kind of hope and assume that whoever 
going to end up looking at that just gets with the information that they, that they need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think, I think what you're talking about of like either the the bridge or the disconnect um, in healthcare is like very real for sure. Um, like, sure, if you know, in the ideal sense, if you're doing all your stuff in under one roof, like, you know, like then things would probably feel a little bit more seamless. But at the same time, like if you go from one hospital to another or one specialist to another, like there is some of that disconnect there. And that is the unfortunate and frustrating part of yeah. our healthcare system is like there, there's so many great like different entities out there, but generally the, the cross communication is, is it's, it leaves a lot of room to, to, to be desired for sure. Um, and I, I speak of that in personal experience in, in my case now because especially in our setting like we uh, we try to get like information from a lot of different entities when our patients are elsewhere and it's a it's a hit or miss you know like um, and ultimately like that that's just more impact on the patient right like it impacts like how good of a care we can provide for them if we don't get all that information um, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm sad to hear that in your case, like it seems like there was definitely a disconnect in communication in multiple places. Um, but I am glad to hear that it seems like your mom is doing better now. Like, so how long has she been in remission now? Uh, so now it's been, so the surgery was last year in February and chemo ended last year in August. Mm. So she has been, and then I think it took about two months after that to really get back to normal, mm-hmm. reasonably normal health in terms of right. doing day-to-day things and, and, and being able to go back to work. So from that, it's about, I think it's been about a year now of, nice. of wow. like being awesome. healthy, being back at work, being yeah. healthy to do things. Yeah, she's been doing, she's been doing well. Man, well, that, that's so good to hear. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, congratulations to your mom on like celebrating a year in remission. Like that, I think like we, you know, definitely should be celebrating these milestones, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I hope that she can stay in remission, and that hopefully you won't have to go through another frustrating process like this. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I would definitely do some homework if it happens again. Mm, right. Where to go? <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, and I, I think that's just so cool because, like, like like many experiences in life in general, it's like. Now that you've gone through, you can be a support person for um, others, you know, who are going through it. So I guess kind of like on that same vein of like, you know, now that you have gone through it and knowing a lot of what you do know now, like, I guess for you, Victor, are there any like, you know, lessons learned from the whole experience and maybe even just like specific advice for listeners who might be um, going through it now or just little morsels of advice that may help them when uh when and if they um they kind of suffer a similar situation mm-hmm. yeah i would say kind of goes back to what you guys mentioned to uh really ask around and see who else has, has dealt with with that mm-hmm. and where do they go to seek help from right like from healthcare providers and offices and um I guess you, you really have to be on top of the details, probably 
I would say write them all out somewhere mm-hmm. and like a really easy to read document and then show that to everyone <laughs> that you come across right. so that they know what's going on too. Um, oh. uh, just to keep everything, everyone informed and everything going smoothly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would, would you have any, um, any lessons or recommendations for like, not just the process itself, but maybe like trying to like stay sane or emotionally, like, I don't know, like the, the things outside of the actual procedure parts, like, would you, do you have any like lessons learned or like, um, encouragements or recommendations for that? Uh, just try to do something that will, like whoever you're with that has cancer, try to do something that'll help both of you relax as mm-hmm. much as you can to deal with all the other stuff that just keeps happening to, right. to, to like tire you out and stress you out. Mm-hmm. Just keep it, keep it enjoyable and re- do something relaxing or, or enjoyable, mm-hmm. like uh, watching TV or, or I don't know, listening to music, playing the game, just, just whatever you can to stay, um, just not think about the other stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Man, Victor, thank you uh, for, I guess, sharing all that. I think um, I, I really got a lot from this episode just because um, I think it's an ex- it's like a deep dive look into an experience that I think first there hand, are, yeah. yeah, firsthand. And like, I think a lot of people have gone through it, but you know, maybe a lot of, a lot of other people don't have the experience to hear like kind of the ups and downs of it. So, um, I seriously appreciate you for coming on and, and sharing to, you know, that level of detail f- with us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you guys asked and yeah, it's, it's good to, to, um, bring like a, have a program like this for cancer awareness so that other people who, who are, who suddenly find themselves in that situation can have something to to draw from in order to proceed with their own situation. Yeah. 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 We, I mean, especially that, that is exactly the case. Like Jerome and I want this, this, you know, this session and this episode, um, but also in, in other episodes that we've done, like in general for it to essentially be like a library catalog for people to, be able to come back to and say, Hey, like, like maybe a year down the road, like someone, someone, one of our listeners might have some similar experience and they'll be like, Hey, actually, I remember this podcast, like had someone who went through it. Maybe I'll go take a listen in, um, and hopefully yeah. get some insight and wisdom. And I definitely think you, you have shared a lot in your experience of, um, of, of walking through this with your mom, like of, of like things to do and things to be aware of and, and things to try and look out for too. Um, so I definitely think like these are super, super helpful. I mean, especially for us, um, both Jerome and me, mm-hmm. but I, I do think it is like uh, very helpful for our listeners too. Yeah, seriously. Um, yeah. but yeah, kind of to round things out, um, you know, we, we, we do our wreck of the week every week and Jesse and I have, it's kind of like a running joke of, oh man, we're doing this cancer month, uh, series, but it's hard to like come up with like uh, a good a recommendation. <laughs> so we've been just trying to lean on the more like, uh, you know, bright and, you know, <laughs> not, not as depressing side of things. So this week, um, you know, uh, just 
we want to recommend a TV show that uh, we've been watching lately. And uh, yeah, I guess, Victor, do you have a, a TV show you'd like to recommend? Yeah, I, I watched on Netflix, uh, Cobra Kai. Mm. And oh. it, was, it was really entertaining. It was, it's a good show. It, it surprised me uh, how good it was. That's kind of like related to Karate Kid a little bit, right? Yeah, it's a take on from that, um, but it's it, it's more of like a I want to say almost like a satire comedy. Interesting. It's got some action in it too, and the life lessons type of things like the first one did, but yeah. it's definitely more of the comedy, and, and that was the surprising part. It's actually really funny. Mm. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Nice. How about you, Jesse? Um, for me, um, I just, I mean, The Boys Season 2 just finished, and I right. just finished watching it. And, man, so that good. show is a roller coaster for yeah. sure. Um, I've seen some of that, too. Yeah, it is, it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's wild. Um, so I think, well, the two shows that I've watched recently is The Boys, um, obviously keeping up with this last season that just ended this past week. Um, but I actually watched um, Jack Ryan on both season one and season two within mm. probably the last couple of weeks. Um, and both, um, both you can find on Amazon Prime, and both are just really good. Um, nice. So, yeah, I would say either of those. Um, if you want to see, um, what what's his name? Um, Ryan from The Office? Uh, Jim. Jim. I was like, yeah, Jim, if you want to see Jim from The Office um, uh, in a very different role, um, yeah, uh, Jack Ryan is, uh, it's, a good, it's a good show. Nice. That's like a spy type of show? Spy? Pretty much. Like, it, if, it kind of feels a little bit like um, the same vibe that the show 24 gives um but with oh okay. yeah kind of a similar vibe um but in a very much shorter and abbreviated like mm. uh, season so you know 24 is like 24 episodes but jack ryan i think is only like eight or something like that so mm. it's a much more condensed and straightforward story gotcha. uh for me um yeah i was definitely thinking about sharing the boys uh, since the the se- season finale just finished and mm-hmm. boy that was a crazy last episode um, yep. Yep. but yeah I mean I, I think the one that uh, I, I just recently finished watching is um, uh, Raised by Wolves I don't know if you guys heard of that on HBO huh. um, I have not yeah it's um, it's actually produced by Ridley Scott so it's definitely got oh. alien vibes um, you said alien vibes? yeah like Ridley Scott's uh, alien uh, trilogy or yeah. series um, mm-hmm. yeah I like that it's a good, good trilogy yeah mm-hmm. and um so it's definitely got really Scott's thumbprints all over it where it's very sci-fi, very futuristic. Um, mm. And specifically the premise is like uh, there are these very almost organic androids that are sent to a new planet to populate the Earth. And mm. there are existing humans that are kind of uh, not quite, not quite uh, on board with that. And... Uh, I think really the the draw of the show really are the the two android um, actors. Um, it's they're they're named like mother and father, mm. and they are just man. Their characters are so interesting because they are androids, but they are sort of programmed in a way to function and have human like emotions, um, and kind of the yeah. It was just a very interesting series, and uh, they just finished. 
uh, releasing, I think, the last episode of the uh, first season. Okay. And the last episode showed and foreshadowed a lot of crazy stuff that points to even more kind of uh, uh, like sci-fi action type of uh, show. So I, I think I'm, I'm probably more excited for season two than than <laughs> throughout season one. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I definitely recommend it if you're into like sci-fi stuff. Um, definitely worth watching. Cool. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, I I feel like I'm like especially the last couple like hbo wrecks that you've done i'm like man i think i might need to get on this hbo business now it's it's Uh, so worth it yeah (laughs) cool well again um thank you so much victor for for joining us and sharing your experience with us and our listeners like seriously like it's so helpful and 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 we really appreciate you being able to share that with us um and again we are um thankful and glad that your mom is in remission congratulations sir for again um, being in remission for a year and we hope that she continues to be healthy and uh cancer free um yeah yeah thank you guys yeah thanks for asking me to come on definitely definitely and uh, to our listeners, we hope you guys found um, this session helpful, um, or maybe as a as a for, like a thing for the future. If anyone's tuning back on this and finding this helpful, mm-hmm. like we we hope this is um, ultimately helpful for you as a listener. Uh, and you know, if you if you found us in one way, shape, or form, um, please do subscribe and follow us. Um, we are on all the major. Um, uh, streaming platforms itunes spotify google um, and we only use uh, one social media right now it's our instagram so you can find us and follow us at just tribe pod again that's at just tribe pod so again thank you guys for joining us yep thank you guys so much um i learned a lot from both of you guys today um and as as a guy in the middle um between you know victor's experiences and jesse's experience I'm well educated. So uh, (laughs) thank you guys. Um, Yeah, listeners, stay safe and we will see you next time. See you.